everyone, and welcome to another very exciting Civilizations in Review. Tonight, we have a very fascinating Empire, the Urartu, and I'm very excited to chat with Zach Willis, our phenomenal fellow and content writer, to chat all about it. Um, as a reminder, we're here live on Facebook, so thanks for joining us. We also will be on our Spotify, our Instagram, our LinkedIn, our website, and our YouTube, so you can engage with this wonderful content all over the place. And of course, there's the actual article. We won't hit every single piece. There's much more incredible history and knowledge and wisdom about this ancient kingdom. Um, so please head to the Alfusaic website, alfusaic.net. Go to the Civilizations 101 section and scroll all the way down to Urartu to learn, read, and engage even more about this important kingdom in the ancient Mina or Swana region. So thanks again for being here. Very excited to learn more. And we're going to throw it to uh, Andy, our phenomenal content writer extraordinaire, um, to read the 101 word introduction. Take it away, Andy. Awesome. I'm super excited to learn more about this uh, kingdom. And so for those of you that don't know, the intro reads as following. From its inception in the ninth century BCE to its eventual demise some 200 years later, Uratu dominated the Lake Van region in today's northwestern Turkey. Known to its inhabitants as Bianali, the Urartian state formed as a confederation of kingdoms, likely in response to threats from their powerful neighbors, the Assyrians. The Assyrians are also important to the study of Urartu, as Assyrian texts make up the main body of knowledge about Urartu. Through these foreign texts, we can observe that despite its relatively short existence, Urartu left an indelible mark on the region, still visible to the present day. Beautiful. Thanks, Andy. Um, wow, a lot of cool directions we can go with this, but I'm going to start with the question I always begin with, which is what gravitated uh, you, Zach, towards this empire? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I uh, have always really been interested in um, international trade. Uh, I'm an international relations major in college um, and the way that states interact with each other. And so um, one of the main historical epochs that I've found really interesting uh, is the Bronze Age. And so I've uh, looked a bit both academically and, and um, in my own personal interest uh, into this period in time where trade is really prosperous. Um, so about, you know, around the years 1300 BCE up to about the mid 1100s. Um, and then you have this, uh, what's known as the Bronze Age collapse, which is when all of these uh, large civilizations, the Hittites, the Mycenaeans, the Minoans, um, just sort of blink out of existence. Um, and you have the loss of a lot of things. You have the loss of a lot of writing systems. You have uh, the loss of a lot of international trade. Um, and so what drew me to the to Urartu and the study of it was that this is one of the first uh, major empires that sort of crops up after that period. So after you lose a lot of these um, large, you know, uh, not quite cosmopolitan, but much more economically integrated civilizations, um, this is sort of the rebuilding of uh, civilization in the area at the time. So. Uh, it was something that I hadn't spent a lot of time looking at and uh, something that really drew my interest. Fascinating. Thank you for, for sharing. I, I think it's so interesting on why our writers choose different empires. 
some is just, you know, there's only a few quantity left, but of the ones <laughs> remaining um, to, to talk so uh, intelligently on not just your knowledge of ancient empires and the Bronze Age and post-Bronze Age trading, but focusing on this specific sort of uh, immediate post part in that history is really, really interesting. Because um, many of our writers are not ancient empire nerds, as soundingly you are, Zach, which is lovely. Uh, Please share with us all of them. Um, and so to have that like additional perspective is something really cool. Um, tell yeah. us more about you know your love of the Bronze Age, the Urartu transition, and things you enjoyed in, in doing this research. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm. It's just the idea that um, you know I think uh, historically speaking, uh, we see progress as sort of an inevitable, and there are these periods in history that um, that we don't talk about that often because they're so long ago. Um, but where you see, um, you know, major setbacks over time and, and what is assumed uh, will be ever present uh, is not really, it's actually much more fragile. And, um, you know, if one part of it, one part of a very integrated system fails, then it affects everyone. So even a civilization as strong and as enduring as the Egyptians uh, never really recovered from, from this Bronze Age collapse, which happens, you know, about 1170-ish. Um, so, I, you know, that's just a really interesting idea to me. Um, uh, additionally, one of the things that I found really interesting about Urotu is you have these, you know, its, it's formation has these ties to really interesting um, elements in the past and what I'm talking about with the Bronze Age collapse, but also uh, its present um, has some political implications in that uh, it, depending on who you talk to, uh, it's either the birth of the nation of Armenia or it has very little to do with Armenia. Um, and so there's some modern day, um, or no, infighting isn't the right word, but there's um, some modern day controversy over uh, exactly how indelible the image of Urartu is and, and um, how much it shows the longstanding, um, you know, Armenian uh, place their place of an Armenian civilization in the area, or uh, whether that those historical links are, are, you know, in fact, not really that robust. I mean, that's very interesting because my question for you was going to be like in the present, what are the indelible marks that you are referencing in the one-on-one -on -one intro? Is it just um, the tie to Armenia or are there sites that have been discovered in Northwestern Turkey, right? Or um, I'm just curious about what is left, especially, and I think it's also interesting that 200 years is considered a short period of time. Like that's two whole centuries, but that's like a blink of an eye in terms of how long some kingdoms last. And so what, what else did they leave behind that we could see or that, you know, has remnants in the present day? Yeah, so, um... I'll try to hit, I'll try to hit three of those. I'll try to hit um, Armenia and other stuff they did, and and then maybe the time and context. So remind me if I forget one of them as I'm going. Um, first on <laughs> on the Armenia question, um, a lot of it comes down to linguistics. It's not uh, quite clear where um, where the Armenian language came from. It's not quite clear if there are ties between. It seems like. Uh, I'm not much of a linguist, but 
from what I've read, it seems like uh, the Urartian language uh, adopted a lot of um, things from over a lot of elements from surrounding languages. It was written in Assyrian cuneiform and then later evolved into like a, it's sort of sort of its own system, which we have some trouble reading. There's also not very much of it. Um, there's not much on clay tablets like a lot of other civilizations. It's mainly in rock inscriptions, um, which means that it's probably not used as much. Um, so it's hard to know linguistically um, where its roots are and, and um, where it ended up going. So that's something that's sort of disputed and um, a potential tie to Armenia. Also, the, and I'll, I'll probably get into this later, but the destruction of the civilization uh, around the year 600 is very foggy. Um, we have pretty good records for its inception, um, mostly because the uh, Neo-Assyrian Empire is, uh, its contemporary is writing these um, various reports uh, all the way up until about the time it's destroyed, but the Assyrians fall at about the same time. So, um, so not only do we not really have any Urartian sources about when it goes away, but um, we don't have any Assyrian sources as well, which is the, as you said in the intro, is the main body of knowledge on it. So the fact that it sort of disappears in, um, in an unclear way um, leads people to make different conclusions about where it ended up going, where the people that lived there ended up, you know, did they move, did other people move in, and then that became the nation of Armenia. So because it's foggy on its own destruction, it, it, people conceive many different things in it. So, um, so that's part of the, the ties with Armenia and, and why that's kind of still a, a question that changes perhaps based on your politics. Um, as to the indelible, other indelible elements, um, uh, many of the, uh, routine accomplishments and a lot of what I was reading about um, comes in the form of architecture. So um, Urotu uh, built uh, a number of, of um, they had very advanced building um, not tactics, but um, ways of building uh, for the time. Um, and especially one of these uh, such structures is uh, the Manoa Channel which is this 80 kilometer stone lined um, canal basically that takes, um, that takes mountains, or sorry, that takes water from the Artos mountains and brings it down into um, what was then uh, Tushba, the capital and is today the city of Van uh, near the Lake Van region. So uh, that's just one example, but there are also many Just for audio purposes, I'm going to jump in here real quick. It sounds like Zach's audio got a little garbled, but in essence, he's going over the key accomplishments section of the article which you can read over with us, talking about the Manua Channel uh, engineering feat, which for you know 800 BCE is, is incredibly impressive on channeling water and engineering uh, irrigation spaces um, from the Artos Mountains in uh, Turkey. 
Um, it looks like Zach is back, so you can pick up right where I left off. I was just filling in everything you were saying. So sorry about that, Ben. Um, there's only so much I can do about my crummy college uh, Wi-Fi. So <laughs> my apologies to everyone watching. Um, what I was, uh, I believe what I was getting to was that there aren't a lot of standing structures, but from the foundations of the structures, we can see um, the building, the ways in which they were built and the size of them. And uh, also from that, we can see that uh, um, civilizations that came after them uh, used a lot of the same tactics. So um, those, the Medes that followed them and um, eventually the Achaemenids uh, used a lot of the same things that they learned from looking at the Aurora to, to build their own structures in the area. Um, and the last one, the last one was time and how 200 years is, um, is both a long and I'll jump, I'll jump in here again as, as Zach uh, gets his uh, college Wi-Fi situated. I really want to hear his answer 200 years, so I won't speak for him. Um, but I think I will bring up that he sort of mentioned um, in talking about Armenia, but I want to um, really focus on even more so if you scroll to the modern influence part of his article, there's an old fortress um, in the Urartian society um, called Arabuni the historical remains of which are now in Yerevan. And Yerevan is the capital of Armenia today. Um, so regardless of, you know, if Urartu became Armenia linguistically, culturally or whatnot, geographically, it's undeniable that there is a overlap between the two, um, which I think is a really, really important point. Uh, Zach is gonna rejoin very soon. I know his Wi-Fi has been tough, but uh, something I found really fascinating and I was curious um, when even adding Urartu into our system, uh, you know, is it a Middle Eastern Swana empire? I, I mean, undoubtedly, yes. And that's why it's part of our community today. Um, but I think what's so fascinating is not only was Urartu and part of its you know, history in modern day Yerevan with the Arabuni uh, fortress, it also used to be called Aramania. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which sounds like a lot like Armenia today. So again, yeah. who knows if the linguistic, or religious or cultural components led to modern day, that is for debate, but geographically yeah. it's undeniable it's a part of Yerevan. So I, I really but want I to hear think, your point, but I just wanted to mention that. Go for it, Andy. Yeah, I think that's the fun thing about history though. Like it's so reminiscent of modern day, right? Where do we draw borderlines? Who decides how long is long enough to become a prominent empire? To speak more about time, the U.S. is one of the youngest countries in the world, and yet we've done the same, similar, or more in some fields as other civilizations and kingdoms that have been around for much, much longer. And I think it's the same situation in Urartu, where nowadays drawing borders is a bit easier because we can print the map that has the borders, but we still also have those disputes on, you know, okay, but is this a border for you or for me, right? And if it runs through my farm, am I in like, for, I think when I think of borders, mostly I think of Africa because its borders are so very interesting because they break down along tribal lines. Um, whereas I think when I think of, you know, Armenia and those sections of Asia, 
I'm always like, oh, okay, the borders are a bit more fixed, but we even saw that that's not the case with the latest uh, conflict that happened between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And so it's very interesting because we say, oh, you know, Urartu is a Minaswana kingdom. It, it belongs here, but maybe it belongs everywhere. Maybe, you know, with the Silk Road and a couple of other historical facts that we're missing, it has its little toes. Because, I mean, 200 years is a really long time even though historically it's a blink of an eye compared to like the Egyptians that Zach mentioned earlier. And with that said, I'm gonna turn it back over to Zach to just speak more about what he was gonna say about time and Urartu. Thank you, sorry again. Uh, you actually just stole my example, which was I was gonna say that the Egyptians are such a long-standing, you know, um, empire in the sort of in a region. Um, or the Caymanids which followed, or um, the Sumerians or the Assyrians, or, you know, you have all of these much longer standing um, civilizations that we hear a lot more about. And, you know, because they're around for longer, maybe they have more time to, um, you know, to innovate and come up with new things and they're around for longer. They're just simply around for longer periods of history. So there's more to say about them. Um, but uh, I think looking at um, the, politics of the region now, looking at um, how things that the Eurotians did evolved over time, um, there's a lot to be said for the importance of this civilization, even if it was um, a relatively short time period given um, its neighbors. This is such a fascinating conversation. Um, we have shorter empires in the Alphusaic civilizations in review section. I think our shortest is 40 years, I think. Um, yeah, which, you know, is is shorter than many people alive today, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, no one is at least over 200 as far as I know, but maybe. <laughs> um, no, I think that's fascinating is, is what does legacy mean and how long do you have to be to have a legacy? I don't know, that, that's a really interesting yeah. question and not at all I was expecting for Urartu to go today. I was <laughs> thought we were going to talk a lot about Armenia and Turkey uh, relations, which we still can, but uh, this is so fascinating. <laughs> uh ways to uh, classify a significant, impactful, meaningful empire. Um, and clearly Urartu, given its technolo technological advances and its trading is why yeah. it's on our list. That's how I knew to add it to our list of empires to review. But wow, thank you both for your insights on this. This is so interesting. I appreciate it. Yeah. The history major in me is like so geeked out to even be sitting here and like talking about this. Um, because one of the fun things about Urartu is that I had never heard of it until I received the invite, right? And I think that's one of the reasons that Alphuzeg is such a phenomenal resource is because it brings to light these lesser known historical facts and allows us all to geek out about things that we know, right? I am a art historical architecture buff. Love me some Petra. You can't tell me nothing about Petra. I love it. And <laughs> mostly... <laughs> And it's mostly because it's like, okay, all we're doing is building skyscrapers. And they were like tunneling into rock with these, you know, very, very elaborate columns and things like that. And so to learn more about it and then to see the differences in shapes and how people built up, but it's just, it's amazing to me. And so to, see, to hear about Urartu and to hear about the fortress at Arabuni, which Honestly, I could also be saying wrong. I'm reading the transliteration, but uh, 
but it's like, it's really, it's an amazing thing. And I'm very happy that you were able to do this one because I learned something new. And I think that is the most important thing we can do day to day is learn something new. Oh, the history of me is, is geeking out on our entire civilization section. Uh, <laughs> another co-moderator has, has uh, had to tell me often to reduce the number of empires because I keep adding them because there's so many cool things to talk about and learn. So we're at 87 and I, I'm publicly saying that number to keep myself at 87. I know I will. I mean, I feel like 100 is a good round number. <laughs> oh, well, God. After me, there's too many more I'm missing. <laughs> Civilization is 101. I mean, I think. Well, hey, it's hey. keep it on theme. It's the theme. Go all the way. Okay. Um, so stay yeah, tuned for an additional 20 new empires in the future. <laughs> right. no, maybe. Pro anyways, <laughs> I think it would be fun though. I think I think it would be really fun to like at the end of it all have a conversation about to your point, Ben. What makes the civilization right, and how long do you have to be around to? out as a civilization is time even a factor if you've been around for 10 years but what you brought to the table changed the world in such a way that its impact is around even after you've gone are you a civilization great point can't answer that today but go urartu <laughs> um, i love this philosophical insights to uh Wow, I was mainly thinking just the philosophy on this, and then and then we'll put it back to you, Zach. I promise. Um, in having all of these ancient empires, partially to what you said before, Andy, is there are so many rich historical pieces that make up the modern Swana region. Let's look into those communities that did that, um, whether it be the the very well known empires uh, of the region or the yeah. much less well known ones, but still had an impact. Um, yeah. you know, that, that's the reason this section was created. It's also why all of our writers begin here is to build out this library, to have some fun learning and engaging and reading. Um, cause Zach, yeah. maybe you did know Urartu before, but if not, you definitely know a lot more now. No, you didn't. Not Excellent. very much. I knew. I knew <laughs> good. Well, that's yeah. more than a lot. People, so good for you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's fascinating. Yeah. We'll do, uh, when the final civilization is done, which who, if it's the 101st or as of now, the 87th. Um, let's yeah. definitely do a civilizations in review in review and I'm looking forward to that moment yeah, because <laughs> one day. to bring it back to uh, less philosophical topics <laughs> but when you think about the lesser known civilizations even as they knock up against the more well-known civilizations we get back to what attracted Zach to Urartu in the first place economics and trade and who we have conversations with and who we engage with um, in the region and so I guess my next question is, you know, outside of the text from um, that one civilization who, wow, the Neo-Assyrians, ah, I'm embarrassed, I'm sorry. But outside of the Neo-Assyrians and the text that they have, like what other kind of remnants or anecdotal evidence do we have about what the Arashians did or didn't do? Yeah, so that's, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think probably the, the most important place that that's, um, that that's especially applicable is in the, in the destruction of the Eurasian um, civilization or um, uh, in some ways, perhaps not the destruction of it. Uh, it depends on who you think came afterwards, but um, so like I said, we don't have any Erotian texts about this time. We don't have any Assyrian texts about this time. 
And the peoples that ended up, um, that seem to have ended up in the region, um, there are three and they're all nomadic, um, the Medes, the Sumerians, and the Scythians uh, didn't really keep um, texts at the time. They're nomadic, nomadic herding peoples, so we don't have a great written record of what they did. Um, but we do know that uh, the Medes passed through, as, as you know, the main army, the bulk of their people passed through Orotian territory to a different battle, or previously Orotian territory to a different battle in um, about 585. Um, I can't remember who's, and, and the people that documented that were the people they were fighting. I can't remember who, which civilization that was, but it's one of these interesting times where we have, um, you know, we know some things happened in the mid 600s. We have documentation from the Assyrians and we know that the Medes passed through here in 585. And beyond that, um, due to the nature, first of all, the nature of the geography in that it's not, you're not having a lot of settled civilizations in that area. You're having a lot of nomadic peoples and, um, and the sort of trade that they have to do and the sort of lifestyle that they live doesn't really lend itself to indelible historical sources. So you have this, um, this gray area because of that. And, and, um, and that's the sort of thing that in history I find so interesting because um, if you have a source that says this happened then, then that's great, but you know, perhaps that's interesting, but it's the areas that they're, that that isn't present where you have to sort of deduce what happens and okay, well, they come through here at this time. So that gives us a clue and a mystery, but it's something that we don't really know anything about. And so perhaps in 20 or 30 years, we find the documentation for that. There hasn't been that much uh, excavation in places. There hasn't been much excavation um, of the civilization uh, in Iran, where a large portion of it, um, or in modern day Iran, where a large portion of it was, um, and, and it's not the most well-known either. So it's this constantly evolving puzzle. So I hope that there is a, you know, more sources out there, but it's hard to say. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Especially because this happened 2,600 years ago. Like when he's saying 585, this is BCE. This is not- Yes, so yes sorry. Much closer till now, but still, and this is, a very long time ago so to even have records at all is incredibly yeah. fascinating in its own self um and i hope to those listening there is a new excavation team please hire zach to be part of part of it <laughs> but you know finding more more uh pieces in the you know ancient urartu community and to learn more about maybe they lasted much longer than we think they did because the medes ignored them and just sort of passed through or <laughs> we, don't, we don't know we fully do not know and that's kind of an exciting puzzle to continue on earth so wow what a, what a fun uh i'm sorry a buzz no laugh i mean i, I think that's cool <laughs> for a modern day like um slightly geeky um connection i thought of like right after thor uh came out or right before thor came out there's this little short with phil clausen like on his way to mexico <laughs> to New Mexico. And it's like a funny thing happened on the way to New Mexico. And I'm just imagining the needs just like passing through, trying to mind their business. 
And then a funny thing happens on the way to, you know, the next kingdom over where you know, they continue on with their battles, but they had just a little mini little situation with the Russians beforehand. Because <laughs> that's, that's where my mind went. I mean, more likely than not, it's exactly what happened. <laughs> we don't know. It is canon now, or not canon, history now. <laughs> Wild. Zach, any final things you want to share with us about the Urartu before we wrap up? What a, what a fabulous conversation it's been thus far. Thank you again. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for, um, for having me on for this and, and uh, for the site as a whole. It's been really fun um, in doing this research. Uh, also, you know, go and read the page on the Assyrians and go and, you know, read some of the stuff on the site that's really applicable. And um, I think it's fun that as you build this, it, it builds on itself. So it becomes a better and better place to do research over time. Um, so yeah, I just really enjoyed having the impetus to go research something that I wanted to research anyway, and uh, appreciate having this forum to talk about it. Wow, you should, I couldn't have said that better myself and I started this thing. Thank you, Zach. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all of these empires he mentioned have already been written about as well. So you can click and engage and do that interweaving. Um, you know, once all of the empires are done, which my goal is the end of this year. So please join our team and help us finish them all. Um, is to do a, like a either or both interactive map of all of the rough boundaries of these empires that is also a chronological one so over time we see the empires pop up this is an undertaking but it's a dream of mine that uh, as soon as these empires are done to have a probably a video might be the best sense of these empires popping in and out as they spread across and it'll be color-coded because probably like 80 empires existed simultaneously yeah Check it out friends but if this is something that super interests you as you listen to the end of this urartu call uh join the alphuzay community <laughs> um andy zach any final final words before we wrap up today i'm excited for this potential interactive map situation and i want it to happen <laughs> like i just got super i love a good timeline and i love one that weaves it together and connects the story and so it's like if that interactive map also linked directly back to the civilizations and to the other one-on-one -on -one series and we can actually see how these things grew. Oh, could you, could you? Oh, I do imagine this is a common dream I have most evenings. So now that Urartu is fully done, that's one less empire to uh, knock through before we can make this happen. So re-exciting my, my interest in this. Thank you. Uh, Zach, any final things you want to share about the Urartus before we wrap up? Thank you again. Uh, it's been a pleasure to research about them. I, I love something that uh, gives you, uh, lets you learn enough about it to be interested and not quite enough to know everything. That's what makes, um, I think, learning about things in history so interesting is when you sort of have to make some decisions for yourself and look at things and evaluate them, um, you know, through your own lens. And um, so that was a really enjoyable process. And uh, I love things that connect deeply in the past and we can still see in the future. And I think that's the case, uh, especially with the civilization. Zach, I'm absolutely gonna like crop all the pieces of you just talking in the end here and turn that into some of our mission statements. So thank you. Keep, keep. <laughs> Great. Uh, 
I love it. That's exactly what Alpha Six. Literally, that's it. That is it. So I will end right now because I want to keep uh, on a beautiful note here. Thank you all for tuning into a, a very exciting conversation that was only a little bit about Urartu and a lot about really cool things about the ancient histories of the region. <laughs> I'm into it. Always a good tangent. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Please read the full article. There's so many great gems and pieces yes. of history in the Urartu article. So that's alfuzaic.net slash civilizations in review to the Urartu page. Um, that's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C dot N-E-T. And we'll hyperlink it in every social media that you hear this. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Zach, for this research, your insights, your wisdom, all of it. Andy, for your incredible uh, moderation skills and organizing this great conversation with me. What a gem. What a great time. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks again. Bye, everybody. Thank you.